0: Oh Men up in my city on the roof yeah They took when I'm way about a hoop The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover for the, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. the Big East Edwards
1: the rest of the college hoops Rocher world. The
0: screen, Dunn, his
1: way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC
0: grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Surrett. Man up in my Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Dude, Providence
2: Cryer podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sorette. So so Follow me on Twitter, that's Definitely at Providence Read our blog, theprovidencecryer.com. Join with me as always, we have BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is February 7th. Uh, we had a week off BOC. We are back. We are refreshed. And, uh, the Friars play Georgetown on Wednesday the 8th, um, 8 p.m. tip. Game, I believe, is on CBS Sports.
1: It is on – I think I you're think right. Yeah. Uh. So, so we're, we'll get to the preview. but yeah, um, so Really quick, though. So I guess it's Cooley's current team versus future team.
2: Yes. Uh, that's a great question, BOC, because it leads us into a segue on um, – the elephant in the room here, something I'm sure listeners will not want to hear, but uh, we are a responsible podcast, so we will address it. Um, yes, the the three-year-long running narrative now, I think ever since the Michigan speculation ended, yeah. uh, the egg Cooley to Georgetown train has been rolling uh, across CBB media. And, um, you know, here we are. The Hoyas are... 1 in 32, I believe in their last 33 Big East contests.
0: Yeah.
2: Um it it seems all but inevitable that Patrick Ewing will be relieved of his duties at the end of the season and the Hoyas will look for a new coach. So um I'll give my take, but uh BLC let's start with you. Do you see this happening at all?
1: I don't for a couple of reasons and I'll this might be long-winded, but Georgetown isn't the Georgetown of old they and with Cooley at this stage of his career, I don't think he wants to go to a rebuild, and this is not a rebuild as if Georgetown is let's say Kentucky fell on hard times it's Georgetown's not a blue blood; they were maybe thirty years ago. they're not anymore. I actually look at Georgetown and Providence as pretty synonymous it's it's Providence, but located in the DMV area and think about selling points. Maybe, maybe they, it's easier to recruit down there. We know, we know Cooley likes to recruit the DMV, North Carolina, the Carolinas area. So potentially that's, that's a plus, but not enough of a plus for Cooley to leave his hometown and a Providence program where this is the, the healthiest and the best it's ever been under Cooley. In my opinion, he is recruiting at a level he's never recruited at before. He is, he has mastered the transfer portal and Providence is becoming the hotspot for recruits. It's becoming the thing to do for students. It's the main attraction, as it's always been in, in Rhode Island. I don't, the only way I see Cooley leaving after this season is if somebody like a Kentucky comes calling because Calipari goes to Texas or Texas triples his salary and says, you're our coach and we're, you know, tripling or quadrupling whatever you're making. And he's still making very good money at Providence. So one final thought. Providence also, as much as Cooley's committed to Providence, Providence has committed to Cooley with the facilities, with the pay. He's he's always in the top 20 for top paid coaches, which is crazy to think about from when I went to Providence and what we well, traditionally paid coaches. So it it doesn't make sense. And maybe it's just a way to generate clicks. I really do think that's what it is. Anytime anybody sees Cooley to, to Georgetown, I think it's just a way to get the quick dopamine hit for hits and help you help you write for another day. Um but I, I just don't I don't see it personally. Yeah.
2: I mean, so um yeah, that, that didn't stop the projo from uh trying to do the same. Um uh, but um and listen, hey, we're talking about a year, but um uh, a few things I would want to know one being I do think Georgetown right now is a better job than when Cooley took over Providence when he did. Okay. I think that rebuild at Georgetown could go a lot smoother and quicker. Not to say that ours wasn't smooth, but quicker than what Providence, you know, the the rebuild that's been under Cooley. That's, you know, still, I mean, we're at a point now where we want to be for sure. Um, but you know, a program that's still growing, right? Um, having said that, you know, one, if Georgetown wanted Cooley, they would have done this last year. I think last year would have made more sense. Um, you got Cooley, you know, taking that team to the Sweet 16 last year, a team that nobody thought would do much. Um, and then you know, you look at his daughter. I, I believe she was a senior this year at Georgetown.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, you could be closer to her. Um, but now, I just, I just don't see the point. Now that Cooley's reloaded the roster at Province. Province is back in the top twenty-five. I don't see it making sense. But you know, I there's a lot of people, a lot of Friar fans, are like, "Oh, Cooley will never leave, never go anywhere." Uh, he's always sticking that Providence. I think those notions are naive and dumb. Wooly um, was even on Jim Rohn's podcast recently. And he, he said, I'll never say never. And one that's smart because you don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, I'm never leaving here and then turn around and do it. Right. Um, so I think if the right job came, maybe some of the jobs that, that you referenced, you know, he could be enticed to leave. I, I don't think, I think if you, if you think that he's never leaving, I think that's kind of wishful thinking. Um But this job at Georgetown, no, I, I don't see at all really. I, I don't see Cooley going within the conference after just building up province and then to go against province every two years, like no chance, zero chance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, I can't wait. Till Georgetown fires, or maybe extends. Who knows? Uh, Patrick Ewing, and then gets their new coach, whoever that may be. So this can just die because I'm sick of Goodman always tweeting about it. Um, but yeah, th- that's then that's you know,
1: then you know it'll be does Cooley want to resurrect the the program of Manhattan in Saint <laughs> John, John's? You know, like you know.
0: yeah.
2: O- hopefully, both of them can find. Uh, new coaches, um, and I don't think either of them would be at Cooley, so I think we can end it at that.
1: Okay. I think I I would put a, fr- a friendly wager that Rick Patino's coaching in the Big East next year.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty smart. Um, as a man that once called Dan Hurley to UConn before they even fired Kevin uh I, I would agree with you at Cosine.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, St. Yeah, I mean, St. John's and Patino is a perfect fit.
2: Oh, that'd be great.
1: He would turn them into a juggernaut in a year.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: You, no, and like there, you know, no man, he's got no, no, no New York City kids would leave,
2: right? And then you also got to figure like he's sick of the whole thing at Iona with the fact that you literally have to win the conference tournament to, to make the NCAA tournament. Um, and you know, I think he has the itch for sure to get back, but that's a topic for another day. All right, Georgetown game, B.O.C. Um, we have a preview article out now on com. B.O.C., is gracious enough to put that one out there for us. I added my prediction. He has his as well. Um, opening thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll give you mine, B.O.C. Thank God for DePaul. That is my opening thought. Uh, thank God DePaul was gracious enough to lose to Georgetown because you know who I am. I, I'm a little superstitious. and. Seeing a team that's lost 33 consecutive Big East games would scare the shit out of me. Like, I, I don't care. And your article kind of alludes to this. You know, yes, they're not a good team, but it's not like they don't have talent. It's not like they don't have good players. It's not like they've been blown out in every single game this year. It's a team that competes. And that's one thing that I'll give you in credit for. He's had to deal with a lot of shit, um, whether it be transfer- guys leaving the program. You know, it-, it seemed like he could never catch a break, really. Um, and as bad as some of his teams have been, I feel like they always compete. So, yeah. you know, th- that's my opening take. Well, what's yours?
1: <laughs> I-, I agree. I I don't look at them in the same, even though they're below them, they're in the basement. I don't look at them in the same way as Butler. Butler, I I think doesn't have a lot of pieces, uh, and even if you know, I just don't think they have a lot of pieces.
2: I also think Ooh. Butler has a quit factor. But
1: yeah. go on. Yeah, true. Uh, Georgetown has a ton of talent. Primo Spears is top five in the Big East in scoring. Brandon Murray was a top one hundred recruit when to LSU. He's a stud. When he's not turning the ball over carelessly, he can. They can create their own shots. They have big men in Wahab, uh, the backup, who I think also may have came from LSU, if I recall. Um, and then they have a defensive play one of the best defensive players in the Big East, and a cook a cook. So they have the pieces. I think the problem, and this stems back to coaching, is they don't play as a team. It's a lot of one-on-one street ball and they should have, they should have beaten, again, this is, they should have beaten that Connecticut team. They were up. Brandon Murray had seven turnovers and they were not seven turnovers where he was trying to do something miraculous. Six or or five of them were literally just throwing the ball away or just turning it over by over dribbling. There's too much selfish play on this team, which again is a testament to the culture and coaching that if you play sound defense, which Providence is known for, they're going to self implode. They're going to cause a lot of turnovers and that's where as long as providence doesn't come out sleepy which sometimes they do providence should win rather easily i think
2: uh i'm glad you brought that up because i I mentioned that too in my prediction part of it um i wouldn't what do you think this week off do you think they come out guns blazing or do you think it's a slower start
1: well, I, we talked about it after your Xavier game. We're we're glad they had that time off. As a fan, you hate it because you want to see them play 365 days a year. But they needed that week off because Carter was banged up. Hopkins was banged up. They just needed some time. Even, you know, Croswell wasn't show sure because he's tough as nails, but he got the crap kicked out of him in that game too. Um, so they needed the time off. Do I think they maybe start slow? Maybe. But I think what Cooley can, can do to remedy that, and I included it in the article, is if you've noticed like a lot of early games where we start slow it's because carter and hopkins are settling for threes or mid-range and i use the analogy of you know you you establish the run to set up the pass get carter and hopkins really easy looks down low like we talked about this it feels like groundhog say three or four years ago with diallo when we would say get him early touches down low get him some easy buckets then maybe that mid-range starts dropping then maybe a the three ball starts dropping we need to do the same with hopkins and I'm not comparing the two players because I think it's night and day, but it's similar in that Hopkins should get see a few drop easy ones, drop through the hoop, and then maybe that mid range starts dropping, the three ball starts dropping, and it opens up the entire offense.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know if you caught that athletic article that came out like last week about Hopkins. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, um, it is interesting because the three game in the mid range he's he's working on, but like I, know, I feel like especially in that Xavier game, he was hesitant to shoot from deep. It was always the, you know, the – I'm showing you now a video of the up fake and then, like, kind of drive into yeah. uh, into the paint. Um, you know, he wasn't – and he had a couple open looks in that game. Um, hopefully they're in a position where you can comfortably take those and start making them uh, as we get closer and closer to the tournament because, to me, the more he has in his arsenal – Harder he is to stop, obviously. If, right?
1: he, if he can start knocking down the three, you know, one out of every three threes, maybe a little bit better than that, two out of five, um, maybe that's asking too much. If he can start doing that, he becomes a unstoppable, honestly, because people are still biting on a pump fake without him having a, a legitimate deep shot right now. If they start biting on that and... He is able to drive to the rim and he blows by his defender. It's a wrap. Like we we already know it's a wrap when his defender doesn't even bite on that. Um, there's I'm going on a tangent here. There's a cool stat by it was like CBB Analytics and it was players who were averaging a double double against Power Five opponents. There's only two players that are averaging twenty and ten against Power Five opponents. Bryce Hopkins. Do you know who the other was? You may have seen yeah. this. Already.
2: Uh, seen Bryce Hopkins
1: like, and this, like, no-name guy, uh, Zach Eady or something like that. Yeah, yeah um,
2: runaway uh, national yeah. player. Exactly. So,
1: <laughs> so we are nitpicking because the prov- Providence is in a great place, but we're trying to find ways to avoid a potential upset bid. And the way to do that is just see – get Carter and Hopkins some easy looks. It goes for the entire team, but I think those two are the, the engine that gets everything running.
2: Yeah, um, I think, like – even if they start off slow, I don't know if it will necessarily bite them because they've been a team pretty much all year that's shown that they can just turn it on and, and rip off a big run pretty quickly. Um There was another stat out there about, I mean, I, I don't think too much in this because I, I don't see them being down at least by anything significant, maybe like a bucket or two at halftime. but. Mm-hmm. Um, about halftime adjustments and province kicking ass in that, um, which is great to see. So to me, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it matters. I think it'd be nice for them to, you know, week off first game back at the amp after the road trip and, um, and come out guns blazing. But, you know, I, I don't think it's necessary when you have a team that's shown its capability to execute late, And rip off a big run against a team that's shown they can't execute late uh, or withstand like a massive run by the opposition. So, um, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, they're probably going to be the 11th seed in the Big East tournament at this point. You know, they're going to, although DePaul keeps on losing. So who knows that they might want their
1: uh, their, their title back. What happens if? They're the 11 seed and they win the biggest tournament again. And they obviously make the tournament. And
2: I don't think you can
1: You can't, right? Do you? No, you
2: can't.
1: <laughs> I think you. I, free up. Free up. <laughs> yeah. Four more years. Yeah. If Providence goes down, that's what I'm rooting for. Georgetown <laughs> just to make it. I mean, fucking win the championship, the national championship. I don't care. <laughs> just keep, just keep going there.
2: Uh, yeah. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine they like. Win the biggest ter- like, like they pull off like a yukon uh with Kemba walker type yeah. run and then like win it all and then next year back to being, like remember the who's, the who's
1: the who was the point guard that was the catalyst that was still that's still on the team, but I think he left um the catalyst for Georgetown when they made one of the biggest it was like Damian dante Harris. Harris. Dante Harris yeah Damien Harris Pass running back um da- yeah dante Harris I think he left the program though which is again Ewings have had to deal with a lot but Maybe some of that's self inflicted. We don't, yeah, you know, that's
2: fair. I, I might be giving him a, a little bit too much of a parachute, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know, I, I'm just a fan. You know, the guy cut his teeth in the NBA as an assistant for a long time. Uh, it's too bad. It hasn't worked out.
1: That's, uh, the, that's the sad thing, like, that's the scary thing with returning back to your alma mater where you were a stud player. You now, when people think of Patrick Ewing, younger people when to think of Patrick Ewing, they're going to think of Patrick Ewing, the failed Georgetown coach. <laughs> they're not going to think of one of the best college players ever, one of the best centers in, you know, the 90s NBA. They're going to think of him as a failed coach, and that kind of stinks. It does. It does.
2: Um, but um, let's see. Anything else about this game that stands out? Um, what about, This was interesting. Uh, Bynum in his, in his presser, Said that coming off the bench has given him, you know, a good perspective in terms of returning from injury, and he had mentioned like you know
1: he hadn't had
2: a full week of practice until now, um, that they had this week off. Could you envision him being in the starting lap come Wednesday?
1: Like we talked about, whatever he wants to do, Cooley did say something like he'll make he'll have to make that decision, which means. They're entertaining the idea. If it were me, I would just keep it rolling. But it, if Bynum is vehemently against coming off the bench, because I think this year it's more warranted for him to be starting than maybe last year. If he if he wants to do that, then who, who cares? Just start him. Because obviously we're the best version of ourselves with Bynum in the lineup.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and being able to, like, supplement his scoring with Breed's defense and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of said it doesn't matter, but it would be interesting to see if, uh, if after the loss, they make that change. Um, anything else you got in this game?
1: No, you want to give our predictions? Yeah, sure. So I did a, so first off, let's, let's pull up our boy. Let's see what he's predicting. Cause it, the, the lines haven't come out. Oh, the lines actually just came out. What's the line? Uh, So you don't have to look at it anymore. Uh, 14 14 and a half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I predicted a 10-point win.
2: Yeah, you had what?
1: uh, 81-71, I think.
2: Yeah. um, I'll be full disclosure. I did take a peek at Kempom before providing a a number to it. Um, And Kempom had some winning – Eighty three, sixty
1: five. So you and I, I've noticed a trend where if you want to know the outcome of the game, just meet us in the middle of our predictions, and then that's traditionally what happens.
2: Right. Well, that's what Palm had. I, I didn't go
1: with that. No. Well, you had. What did you have? Eighty four, sixty seven. Right. Yes. Seventeen. 10 So, so we're expecting a thirteen or fourteen. So what's going to happen is we'll win by thirteen or fourteen if if meeting in the middle rings true again because that's what's been going on with our predictions.
2: Yeah. Uh ninety four percent chance of winning this one. Um you know, again, I'm gonna respect my opponent a little more than that. Um but having said that, you know, don't wanna be Debbie Downer here to end the pod, but uh big disaster if they lose this game.
1: Yeah, that it quickly turns into hey, we need to we need to get a couple more wins to secure NCA tournament bid.
2: Yeah. No, seriously. It, well what are we at red
1: we're at uh, what are we, seventeen and six right now?
2: Also, I mean, you really we got to get three.
1: We get three more wins. We're locked in.
2: Yeah, but you really just got to take care of business against the winnable teams here down the stretch. Um, and by that I mean Georgetown twice. Um, if you want to throw St. John's in there, yeah. Um, at at St. John's, and then I mean another one. I think. Should be a win for them in Sein Hall at home, even though Sein Hall's played a lot better as of late. Um, last game of the season, I just on a Saturday, March fourth, see a victory
1: there. But um, I'm looking. I'm looking at our remaining games, and there's no reason why, at worst, at worst, we should go five and three. But six and two should be really realistic.
2: Yeah, Ken has a seven and one.
1: Well, he has this, what losing the UConn and winning the rest, right? Correct. You have to think one of Creighton, Nova, Xavier. We lose one of those. That's that was my logic when I was looking through that.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's that's fair. Um, so five, five and three
1: gets five and three gets us to twenty two and twenty two and nine. Which you win one or two games, and then we're again we're flirting with that like seven, six, seven, eight seed. I know. This is where I again I hate I hate it, but this is where you need we need to absolutely blow the doors off Georgetown. We need to win by thirty points because it helps the metrics. You know, it's silly, but it helps.
2: I know, but we're we're actually not doing too too bad. Um, when you look at like the net. In in Kempom,
1: but well, if you, no, did, you sure. did, if you mapped it out on the net, hold on,
2: on the net we're 38th in net right now.
1: Yeah, so that'd be what Uh
2: dropped two spots last night without playing. Cool.
1: That would be a nine or ten seed, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you went, yeah. So we we have we we need to the games that we should win. We need to blow the doors off teams can't have any bad losses, and get an upset or two. Yeah, I, I think Providence fans, this season's been great. We're not in as... It's turned into a negative pod. Uh, we're not in as healthy of a place as maybe we think we are. We still we still have some work to do.
2: Yeah, but then also you think 5 of 8 at home, they've been really good at home.
1: Oh, for sure. I think, I think 5 of... But of four, course
2: there's still work to do. I mean, like, think about it like the Xavier teams of the prior two years they were in a good <laughs> position at this point and then it went to crap uh in the month of february so i mean like i said on a previous pod february is like a new season almost you know yeah
0: um
2: teams that were bad can be good teams that were really good can fade so um yeah it's still definitely work to do um but uh Anything else on this one? You good?
1: No, I think maybe we'll just wrap with Marquette, Connecticut tonight, right?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I'm going to try and get this thing out just as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, Marquette's 10 in the country now. At UConn, I personally think they lose. I think UConn yeah, gets the, the line.
1: The line's creeped up to minus five, Connecticut.
2: Mm, that doesn't surprise. Like, I with, see. They're begging, they're begging.
1: They're begging you to take Marquette there.
2: Yeah, and I think I can see Connecticut covering
0: not only wanting, but covering. I can see it uh, being a
1: tight game, and they, you know, you know how that always happens where Marquette's down two or three, they get a possession and they miss a three. Connecticut gets a rebound, starts making free throws, and then it just escalates, <laughs> and it ends up being like a seven-point win, even though right. it's a, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um But yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you want to quickly run down the action of the of the Saturday where we were off. Um we already discussed Georgetown. Uh host of Connecticut lost by six, had to lead late. Um couldn't close. Marquette only beat Butler by eight. That's kinda of interesting result. Only putting up 60 points uh against again a Butler team that has shown <laughs> the ability to give up a lot of points and get their asses kicked. Um speaking of getting asses kicked Xavier just rolls over St. John's uh, by 25 points. Um, the Johnny's free fall continues. And then the Jays held on to a tight one against Villanova. Villanova now 0-2 with Justin Moore back. Uh, Sunday there was a game. I uh, Don't blame you if you didn't pay attention, but DePaul.
1: They're, they're 0-3, by the way, with Justin
2: Moore oh. back. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um Paul loses at Seton Hall by five. Um, and then, yeah, tonight you got Marquette at Connecticut. You got St. John's visiting Butler. I think John's can get back on track, if you will.
1: I don't know what that track is. I don't know
2: what that track is leading the POC. It's
1: the track's get back right. on it. Um, <laughs> track's right off a cliff.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tonight at Hinkle, although rat line there or minus one and a half. Ooh, that's weird. Um, anyways, on Wednesday, you got the Friar game as we've previewed. Um, Rayton makes a trip to Seton Hall.
1: That could be a sneaky one that helps us out a lot.
2: Yep, for sure. Um, And then DePaul will be visiting Villanova. Villanova's, at this point, big Easter bust, and I think at this point – they gotta get some wins or they can't even qualify unless they won't even be able to qualify for the NIT at this st- stating point of their season at 10 and 13. Um but yeah, th- that's the games around there. Uh any shout outs, BS? Because I got one.
1: No, no sh- no shout outs right now.
2: Okay. Uh former Friars. Uh time to recognize some of them. Dave Duke was nominated to the G League Next Up game at All-Star Weekend. First time they're ever doing that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I kind of like that because if you think about it, the NBA has gotten so oversaturated with talent. Yeah. That the G League has got plenty of good players in it. So
1: it's nice that they get the – The G League has a ton of friars in it right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that was going to be my, my second one. Justin Minaya is playing well for, for his team. Caught the eye of a one Peter Gammons, which I was stunned to see. I don't know if you saw Twitter, but Peter Gammons, long-time baseball writer, uh, probably has a relationship with the Manayas, I would guess, because yeah. of Omar. But uh, gave him a shout-out on Twitter. That was pretty cool. And then on top of that, Al Durham. Um, shit, I should have this in front of me because I'm going to
1: put her- He's playing in the U.K., I believe.
2: Yes, he's playing in England's league. I believe he plays for a team in Scotland, though. Okay. Calder owner or something—I think I butchered that. Just disregard. Uh, no, he first two games with them, he's averaging seventeen points a game. They're two and zero in those games. So great to see Al land on his feet overseas. Um, so yeah, those three Friars wanted to shut them up.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're doing well, and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if. Uh... We see some Friars in the second half of the NBA season make the jump up to the league.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, anything else, we have to say?
1: No, oh, man. Looking forward to watching our team play again.
2: Yeah, same here. I will have boots on the ground. Um, I will be leaving from Boston. That's going to suck. Uh, but I will be there. Um, it's been forever for me because I skipped the Butler game. So it's been quite some time since I've made my journey to the Amp. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one.
2: Um but then you got friars at St. John's and MSG. Um we'll have a pot out, a preview article out, all that good stuff.
0: Till then, Friar Time, see you later. See you guys. let up in my city on when I'm way up. Let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, Call like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pig and roll, Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And these team we bump so we gon' let them have it, They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic We feel we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh. Crossover, I might throw the hell you. But they sleeping on me while well, I take them back to school. Man up in my city, I'm the this- truth.